Welcome to the Good, the Bad, and the Sequel Q&A. My name's Doug. So the next sequel that we're going to be covering is Meet the Fockers, the sequel to Meet the Parents. And man, me and Jamie just recorded this review, and this movie is so nostalgic to me. It was one of those pre-owned or pre-rented Hollywood video specials that I got for like four for 20 with other ones. And I remembered a lot of the lines and it was a blast to talk about. And this week's interview is awesome. I interviewed actor Jack Plotnick in Meet the Fockers. He has a very small role, but a funny story about it. You know, working with Ben Stiller, he plays the role of the, the car rental agent. But man, Jack is so funny and is in so much over the years. Even during our conversation, there were things that he was talking about that I'm like, oh, that was you? Like He started off on, on Conan O'Brien. He was like the internal organ man, one of the characters. He had some great stories about you know, working with Bob Odenkirk, Janine Garofalo, Ellen, his audition for Seinfeld and being you know, the leader of the Sunshine Carpet Company in that episode, his time on Buffy. The movie Rubber, if you've seen that, you know about it. If not, you got to YouTube it and watch that trailer and watch the whole movie. And then also Jack's movie Space Station 76 with Patrick Wilson, Liv Tyler, and so many more great people. Man, he talks about how he turned that from a sketch that he wrote a while back and then years later he turned into a full feature movie, got Patrick Wilson on board, and it really changed everything for him. Great chat. I'm going to put any of the links about anything that we talked about in the episode notes. And be sure to check out Jack's hilarious YouTube channel. I'll also put that in the notes. So you can check out Space Station 76. So much fun. Dark comedy. You're going to love it. And you're going to love Jack. So without further ado, here is actor Jack Plotnick. How was your Labor Day weekend? It was pretty good. How about you? It was lovely. Thank you. Did you stay out there or did you go like back? You're from Ohio, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't get back there enough. So I was just here. That's cool. I do love visiting. And you're in New Jersey. I was born in Somerset, New Jersey. Oh, no way. Yeah. Uh, Was it Robert Wood then or wait? No, uh, that's not Somerset. Uh, Is that the name of a hospital? Yeah, I don't know. They could have changed it from when. Do you remember the name of it? Uh, no, not at all. We um, we moved we moved away really soon after. Okay. Are your parents from yeah. Jersey? They were in Brooklyn, I think, or or yeah, Brooklyn, and then they they moved to Jersey but didn't stay long. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's usually okay. if you ever see so, those poles or anything. Jersey is the state that everybody's leaving. Oh, really? Yeah. It's the cost of living in taxes, but we actually just moved back. We were living in Oregon and Portland for a few years. Mm -hmm. but uh, Oh, that's a wonderful place to live. It's the best, yeah. But we just had a baby. We're getting ready to start a family. So we're like, you know, it should be nice to be like closer to family. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I'm sure. Okay. I am all set to go whenever you're ready. Sweet. Like I mentioned before, we believe that everybody has a story, obviously. So where did you, where does your story begin? where did you grow up? Um, 
it's kind of weird because I, I know you say that, but I don't actually have a story. I literally appeared in my apartment this morning, completely <laughs> oblivious to where I'd been before then. <laughs> and I don't know if it's that I got too drunk yesterday or if maybe I'm an alien or a robot. Look, I mean, it's really a big question mark in my mind. If you can help me out or maybe your viewers could write in. If anyone knows where I came from. No, I'm kidding. I, uh, I grew up in Ohio in a city called Columbus, Ohio. And uh, was super into doing theater. And um, I would uh, just literally stop my elementary school and force the entire fifth grade class to watch me do like my own parody of a Saturday Night Live sketch. And the teachers just let me do it. That's awesome. So that's where I started. And now here I am in Los Angeles. And I've been working as a TV film actor for about 23 years. Do you remember like the Saturday Night Live sketch or like what performer? Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, yeah. Okay. It was the uh, it, it was the weekend update. I guess I must have been really into it, and I would like find pictures from you know the local paper and like make fun of them the way Weekend Update did. And That's I actually awesome. auditioned for Saturday Night Live. Um, I did a, a sketch show on MTV called the Jenny McCarthy Sketch Show. I was gonna ask you about that. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. And uh, after that, I had this terrific reel full of sketches, and I Sunday Night Live asked to see me. I actually auditioned the year Jimmy Fallon got it, and there was just no, there was no beating Jimmy Fallon. I mean, he, I can't even do impressions; they're the worst. So, uh, but I was up on the stage and everything. It was really cool, very terrifying. I bet you that was pretty surreal. Do you remember what Weekend Update anchor it was? I'm trying to think. Who would maybe Kevin Nealon? Uh, well, I I was I mean I, I gives away my age, but I when I was in fifth grade, it was probably still the you know Jane Curtin Chevy Chase, you know. No way. Yeah, I mean I that's that's the first Sunday Live I remember watching was the original cast. You look super young. Oh, I appreciate that. I am not. <laughs> I <am> not. <laughs> <laughs> so that's cool. So I so you were performing. You performed those sketches for folks. Yeah, so I guess I first fell in love with TV, but then there was, you know, I was from Ohio. I didn't know how the hell to be an actor on TV. So uh, in sixth grade, the high school performed the musical Oklahoma, and I saw that, and I thought, oh, well, then this is what I'm going to do, because this I can do in Ohio. And so I became like a musical theater kid and uh, and just did theater nonstop, uh, community theater and high school theater, and that's uh, and it was... So, because that's all I knew. And so I actually even went to a, a conservatory theater training program and thought I was going to be like a musical theater performer on Broadway. <laughs> and then I realized, oh, I can't dance. And, um, and then I luckily kind of through a series of things that happened uh, kind of fell back into TV and film, uh, luckily. So did you ever do any improv at all? Yeah. Uh, as a kid, no, no, very little. Why do that, I ask? No, I was going to say, just given your background, like even sketch performers most of the time have some kind of improv. You auditioned for SNL. You were on, you would pitch ideas to like Reno 911. Yes, I did. And, and, and um, I, I uh, okay, so I, w- I thought I was going to do musical theater in New York. That's where I was. I was doing theater, but I started doing the sketch show with a friend. And that's when I realized, oh, like I'm happier doing this sketch show in the basement of this restaurant than I am performing at this dinner theater. And uh, so, you know, when you write a sketch show, it's all, you're all just sort of improvising. And I guess that's kind of where 
I first started improvising because that's kind of how we would create the sketches. But I was never part of an improv group. Okay. I never trained in improv because I don't think you need to train to do improv. It's, it's easy. It's fun. It's more about letting go of your fear. So anyway, when I moved to L.A., shortly after the Jenny McCarthy show, I got the audition. I got an audition for a, a TV show by the people who did Reno 911, but before they did that show. And it was, it was, it was the best show ever. I got, I was a series regular. We did a pilot. It was, a, it wasn't an improv show. It was written, but each person played several different characters in a small town. So that show sadly didn't get picked up and I moved on with my life. And then literally the next show those, those kids uh, did, the Reno people was the pilot for Reno 911. And, you know, there, there was just no role for me in that. And so I wasn't in that pilot, but that's the one that went. And, uh, but, you know, they, they liked me in, uh, from doing their other pilot. So they brought me in. They just said, what do you want to do? Literally just, what do you want to do on Reno 911? And um, I, had a, I had a few ideas, but my favorite uh, was that was the perverted guy with the mustache. Like, I, <laughs> I just loved being him. And that's the one that ended up catching on the most. I did that, I don't know how many times, a lot of times on Reno. And it was always just a blast and also a little terrifying. And um, I did, they, they loved that character and it was, it was always really fun to do it. And then for the Reno 911 movie, they wanted me to do the movie. And I was so sick. I, I mean, I could barely talk and my scene took place in a swimming pool that was freezing cold. So it was a really ugly day for me, but my scene came out okay, but they cut a lot of stuff. They, they, you know, they filmed way too much for the Reno 911 movie. And I think you can see my scene in like the DVD extras, but I'm not in the actual movie set. Oh, really? Okay. But it was not probably not my best work. As I said, I was just, I literally had the flu and uh, was in a freezing cold pool. It was not fun. <laughs> so, so let's go back a little bit. Do you remember what your first job ever was acting? Um, well, I mean, I don't, I want to skip the New York part of my life and we'll just stick with LA. And what okay. happened was I was, I was off doing theater in uh, some city somewhere. It was the last theater show I ever did. And kind of in the middle of doing that show, um, I had already, okay, so no, wait, sorry, go back. That was the first job I got. I was about to tell you the first job I got in Los Angeles, but no, this is a better story because it's the first TV job I ever got. It was insane. I was doing a sketch show with my friend, as I said, kind of realizing that sketch comedy was my was really my love. And um, there, Conan O'Brien, late night with Conan O'Brien, had probably pretty much just started, and they were like looking for interesting characters. And this guy wrote this character of a it was a parody of Slim Organ Body, who was a children's entertainer who wore a bodysuit that had pictures of internal organs on it as if he, you could see through him. And, and, and he would sing and dance and teach kids about their, their inside. <laughs> so he made a, a parody character called Slim. Oh, sorry, that, that, that guy, the real guy was called Slim Good Body. And so the parody character was called Slim Organ Body. And I got the role. And it was a, it was a guy who was a frustrated performer whose insides were, he was born with his insides on the outside. So instead of photos, they had real organs like, you know, fake, but it's, it's as if his organs were outside his body. So he was miserable and angry that he had to be a children's entertainer. So the very first TV job I ever got 
was filmed live in front of, in front of millions of people. And it was absolutely terrifying. Uh, oh my God. Yeah, I'll never forget how terrified I was standing backstage at Conan O'Brien, right behind the curtain, hearing them introduce me. Never had done TV and suddenly in front of millions of people live. It, it was really, you know, exciting and horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at the photo of it. It looks hilarious. Yeah, like brain yeah, popping out of your head great. and all the taped on like rubber plastic organs. That's awesome. Yeah, I would always that I would always like sing a, sing and dance and sing some terrible song, and then he would have me sit down on the couch and talk to me, and I'd always get like angry and start screaming and then break down sobbing. That was just kind of how it went, and um, I did that about nine times maybe, and because I had done that, there was a pilot that I was that they, they that Andy Dick was in. I don't know if you remember the comedian Andy Dick. Oh yeah. Bob Odenkirk starred in it and wrote it. Um who who plays Better Off Saul? Yeah, yeah. For my you were on Mr. Show with him. Yes. And he um he was doing this pilot for HBO and Andy Dick couldn't do it. So they needed kind of like uh, somebody to fill those shoes. And Bob was friends with the guy who wrote my character on Conan O'Brien, and he suggested me, and I sent a tape in, and I booked it off the tape, and I, uh, I flew to L.A., and that was my first L.A. job. And I'll never forget my first shot in the show was opposite. I had a little scene with Bob and Janine Garofalo, and we had done the scene in the wide shot where you can see all three of us, and then it was my turn to do my very first close-up in my very first TV pilot. And I'm talking to Janine Garofalo's character and, you know, she's off camera and there's a close up on me. They say action. And as I'm saying my lines, she's making funny faces at me, like trying to, to like, I don't know what, you know, trying to, I guess, just fuck with me or make me laugh. And I just, uh, that, uh, you know, it was, it was an interesting way to begin. <laughs> and I, you know, I was so not ready for that because, I mean, I'm this young guy totally taking this all way too seriously, I'm sure, terrified and wanting to get it perfect. And then there's Jenny Garofalo just like going, you know, <laughs> but uh, I really liked her. She was she was awesome. And I haven't seen Bob or Janine in, in years, but I'm very thankful, you know, for him starting off my career uh, because without that, I don't know that I ever would have gotten to work in Los Angeles. Yeah, I talked to, it's funny that you say that story, like Janine Garofalo doing that to you. I interviewed a guy, Jason Kravitz. He's been in like a bunch mm-hmm. of TV shows, but one of his first roles ever, he was in Major League Two and uh-huh. talked about when he filmed this scene with like Corbin Burnson, who, you know, the guy was on so many big shows. I think it was like LA Law, like serious actor. He said off camera, the same kind of thing. He was like making faces at him and like busting his chops. And he like, didn't realize that it was like Jason's first ever time on camera. And he was already <laughs> super nervous, but he said he was so yeah. nice to him. Cause they just shot like just them two, but that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'll never forget that. Um, no, that was the, that was the HBO pilot called life on Mars. I'll never forget. We were Bob and I, uh, Bob Odenkirk and I were on uh, one of the lots you know, like Warner Brothers or something, uh, probably rehearsing for this pilot. And he was like, oh, you want to meet my pal, Chris Farley? And Chris Farley from Sun Night Live. And, and I, I was thrilled because I really looked up to him and thought he was brilliant. And Chris was, I guess, filming one of those movies he did with David Spade. And he was in this little um, trailer they give you, except this was more like a box, like a little box that, that, that prop, you know, has a couch inside and an air conditioner. Anyway, so we knock on the door and Chris Farley opens the door and, and 
collapses back on the couch and we're like it was an oven in there it was i mean it was unbearable like you couldn't live in this heat and bob was like chris what are you doing he's like i don't know it's just so hot in here he hadn't turned on the air conditioner it was the middle of summer <laughs> and he was just sitting in this box with no windows cooking so anyway that's just uh, that's just whatever i always think about that when i think of chris farley because it was so strange that he hadn't noticed that he was in an oven. But um, I've seen him perform live and um, there was just nothing like it. Uh, it was like, you know, I'm sure the way that people talk about Jim Belushi, it was like, there's no, there's, he was just this force, Chris Farley and absolutely brilliant. And you felt excited and nervous when he'd be on stage because you knew any, you know, anything could happen. Yeah. Yeah, that's totally true. <laughs> so one of the credits that I wanted to ask you about, because I love him is, uh, so you're on the weird Al show. Yeah. Some, you know what? He deserves every bit of love that you give him because I love him. he was really one of the absolute nicest celebrities I've ever worked with. It was incredible. I, I've never, luckily never had to work with anyone awful, but there's a few that come to my mind as just the nicest, nicest, uh, celebrities. And, He's up there at the top, Renee Zellweger, also Jerry O'Connell and his wife, Rebecca Romaine. That's probably, uh, and then of course my cast in, in I, I uh, wrote and directed um, a movie called Space Station 76 and every actor in that movie was a dream to work with Patrick Wilson, Matt Bomer and Liv Tyler. Because, you know, they were working for nothing and um, they just loved the material and we had the best time together. Is that the first, uh, have you always written or is that like the first thing you had written? That was well, I'd always, I'd always written like sketches and comedy shows. I'd never written sure. a movie, but this movie was based on a comedy show that I wrote with a group of friends. And um, the script to the movie is, was basically the, the show. And then I adapted uh, the show into a film uh, and then uh, directed it. And that, yeah, so that's, that's my baby, Space Station 76. I also wrote a Broadway musical with my friend Seth, who I started off with in my 20s when I was doing sketch was with my friend Seth Rodetsky. Oh, and wow. uh, years and years later, we uh, wrote this musical that we never dreamed would go to Broadway, but uh, after it went to Off-Broadway and then Broadway, and I got to direct it on Broadway. It was really a thrill. That's called Disaster. It's a 1970s disaster movie musical with all hit songs from the 70s that's pretty awesome when did you write the yeah. sketch that turned into space station 76 do you remember around what year that was oh boy um i think probably around 2000 okay. 2005 2010 somewhere around there and we uh spent about three months improvising in my apartment to create this play it, it was like a, a comedy play called Space Station 76. And I would record the, the, the improvisations and type them, you know, type out the best stuff and then hand it back to the cast. And that's how we created this play. And it ran in LA for a while and people really liked it. And they all went off and lived their lives. But I, I just, I knew it could be a great movie. So I, I, you know, did that work to make that happen and couldn't believe I got the cast I got. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was incredible. Is that surreal? Like when you were like sending the scripts out or however the process was? It, it is surreal. You're like, you can't believe that you got it happened. And at the same time, it takes, 
it was all so hard and took so much work that in a way you, you really feel every moment of it, (laughs) you know? Uh, But um, Patrick Wilson was the first one to sign on. I knew him through a friend. He's awesome. And uh, yeah, he sure is. Because if he, you know, uh, the movie wouldn't have gotten made if he hadn't been the first person to say yes. It's always, that's always the hardest thing to get that first person, you know? But he, uh, he, you know, we went to the same school, not at the same time, though. And I guess he had respect for what I had done up until then. And he's amazing in the movie. He plays a closeted captain of a, of a spaceship, you know, as if, if Captain Kirk was in the closet. <laughs> and he's, re- he's really funny and alcoholic and depressed. And he ke- the character keeps trying to kill himself, but the ship won't let him. Like, he's in the bathtub and he drops uh, an, a, a plugged-in radio into the bathtub and the ship senses it, so it shuts down the electricity <laughs> in his bathroom. Stuff like that. It's really adorable. I'm going to check it out. I'm going to find it and watch it. I'm sure it's on Amazon or one of it's those. It's everywhere you download a movie, iTunes and Google and Amazon. It's called Space Station 76. And it's a dramedy, so it's kind of sad. And it's kind of funny, and it's really dark. Kind of like, uh, you know, like a Todd Solondz movie, you know? Yeah, those are the best movies. They don't get, those are pretty cool when comedies actually have like depth to them. So no, that's pretty cool. I mean, I'll check that out. Thank you. So another credit that's on there, we're bouncing around, which is great. But uh, Oh yeah, I love you know, it. It's very fun. Where, where I remember you from when I first looked at your photo was Seinfeld. That was the first thing that I remembered you from. I'm like, I know that face. And then within like two seconds, I remember that. And yeah. my wife and I happened to be watching Grace and Frankie. And yeah. I'm like, I've seen, I've seen him on the show. And then sure, lo and behold, I, look, I confirmed on your IMDb and I'm like, oh man. It, it, it is incredible to get to be a part of, of, of that family of people who got to do that show. And, and um, you know, I, I, I've never worked with a show creator who was so hands-on. And I love that about Jerry Seinfeld. First off, he goes, or I should say, he went to every audition for every guest star role. So he was in the room at my very first audition. And then when I booked the job, this is the only time this has ever happened. Um, I, I went to the set to film it. I went into makeup to get ready. And they said, uh, Miss, once they do your hair, Mr. Seinfeld would like to see you because he wanted to approve of what they did with my hair just to make sure he liked the look of the character. And I, that, no one does that. And it's actually incredible and wonderful. And that's why the show is so good is that he cared so much uh, about every detail. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Was there, what was the audition process? Do you remember? Was there like actual like lines? Yeah, I, I just did the lines. It's always the same. They, you just, they give you the scene that you would do in the show and you uh, perform it for them. But uh, yeah, but I've never had like the lead in the show be there in the room. But he, he really oversaw every aspect of that show. Now, the reason I asked is because obviously Larry David was involved in that. And I've interviewed three or four people that uh, auditioned for Curb. And they said 
when you audition, they basically give you like just a synopsis. Like there's yeah, really no lines. And I, I, I auditioned for that several times, never got it. Larry's always in the room for that. And yeah, they give you the, that's very different because that's, you know, an improv show. And yeah. Yeah, he would play with you and throw out stuff and you would try to, you know, keep up. But uh, I never was able to book that show. Yeah, he's probably pretty intense. I don't know. I feel like I would be super intimidated. I know you do this for a living, but I feel like if I opened the door and he was the one that was sitting there, it's like, whoa. Like you didn't expect Jerry to be in there, right? No, no. But I think I auditioned for that show a few times before I got it. So I I knew Jerry was going to be in the room when I went in for the carpet cleaner. Yeah. And uh, but I wasn't, you know, I wasn't watching the show. I became a fan of the show later, so I wasn't as nervous as I would have been if I had been a huge fan of the show at the time. Oh, okay. Same thing happened when I was on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I didn't even know the show when I auditioned and got the role. Uh, of a, I got a recurring role on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I, I became a crazy fan after. And afterwards, I was like, I can't believe I was walking around all the sets of Sunnydale, and I didn't understand how amazing that was. <laughs> Was that the first time? What was your first time that you felt like, hey, I made it, I'm an actor? What, what series or was it when you worked with a particular person? Probably the day I was able to quit working a second job. Because <laughs> okay. I was catering even after I was, um, I, I catered in New York and LA. I, when I moved to LA, I, my first catering job was I got to cater um, Milton Burl's birthday. And I also catered a party at Michael Eisner's house. Whoa. And um, I once got to cater a Prince concert. Here's my favorite. I got to cater the premiere for Showgirls. No way. So I just somehow kept falling into all these fascinating moments in time. But the day that I realized, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not cater anymore was a really incredible day. That's amazing. Do you remember what time that was about? Like what show you were on or? You know, I think it was probably like one of the commercials I'd done that really, because, you know, I, I've done just hundreds of commercials and they're wonderful to get. It really is like hitting the lottery because number one, it's so hard to get them because so many people want that part and so many people audition for every role in a commercial, but also because they pay so damn much. <laughs> uh, not as much anymore, but um, in the 90s commercials, you could make a lot of money in commercials. Really? So like that, yeah. I got mil- that got milk ad that you were in. Yeah, I mean, I made good money from that. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, because that was the whole bunch of commercials. That's the sweet one when you get like a series of commercials in terms of money. But for me, my favorite kind of commercial to get was you know those commercials where they'll have like somebody's walking through a room and then all of a sudden they're on a beach and then all of a sudden they're on the moon. Yeah. Do you ever see those kind of commercials? Oh, yeah. That's the commercial you want because. <laughs> They take forever to film. And I got one of them. And I tell you, they flew me. I mean, we filmed that commercial in New York, in Times Square, in Los Angeles, in, I don't remember. I mean, like, I, I got, it, it, those are the, great, the best commercials. And next time you see one, you'll go, oh, wow, that guy, that guy had fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah especially that it takes that long, you get to go to some cool places. Is there anywhere really cool that you got to, or exotic that you got oh, to film yeah. a commercial? I mean, I've, I've filmed a commercial in South Africa, in Prague, in, <laughs> in just, you know, sometimes I think they film a commercial just where they want to go on a vacation because <laughs> someone else is paying. So yeah, I, I've been some incredible places doing commercials. Yep. 
I, I love doing commercials. One, I mean, you have the most incredible experiences. One commercial, they built the entire interior, interior of, a, of a whale. I mean, and it looked real, a huge, huge whale. And I was inside of it and it had a giant tongue that moved. And outside the whale, you could see the ocean and there was water and they built the whole thing. So commercials are fascinating and always an adventure. I couldn't even guess. What was that product? That was for a um, cider called Strongbow. And um, oh, okay. I know the that. cider is alcoholic. And at the end of the commercial, we suddenly appear at a bar soaking wet as if the whole thing was a fantasy, but we're soaking wet. And I had to chug a whole glass of, of this cider and say my last line. And they handed me the cider and I said, can I drink apple juice? They said, apple juice doesn't look like this cider. The only thing that looks like it is the actual cider. So I did about 12 takes where I had to drink an entire glass of, of cider. And at the end of that shoot, I could barely walk. <laughs> oh, that's so great. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. It's just like they wouldn't fun. let you do that. Hey, but at least all those exotic places you were able to go, like you, like you said, they might've picked cause Hey, I want to go to vacation in Prague or South Africa. At least they brought you along. So that's good. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> you're you're the lucky one that gets to tag along. Yeah. So one of the movies, out of all the movies, you've been in so much different stuff over like a hundred, like fifteen credits. And I'm sure there's some that, not including commercials and other things that you've probably done. The only sequel you were in was you were the rent, uh, the car rental agent in Meet the Fockers. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. 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 I don't know what to, you know, all I can say about that is in terms of like an interesting story is that you'll notice at the end of my scene, I toss him some keys and that was terrifying because <laughs> essentially I'm, I am throwing keys at Ben Stiller's face. I was just absolutely terrified that I would throw him too hard and he'd miss them and, uh, you know, cut his face and I would be sued. And it was, that was not fun. Throwing keys at Ben Stiller's face is not fun. There was an interesting thing I noticed on set, though, was that Ben Stiller had a, um, an extra trailer, a huge workout trailer. Uh, and I asked about it. They said um, it, it's part of his contract. Whenever he's, he, back then, whenever he was on a film, they had this huge, I mean, it was big. It was like a whole gym and a trailer. Wow. But that's what you get when you're Ben Stiller. That is but it was great to be in it. It was really wonderful to be in that, that, that movie. Yeah, that was a great sequel. I like that one because they showed like they really took like the uh, De Niro's character and like totally regressed him into a totally different because he was such a tough guy in the first one. And then this one, he's yeah. wearing like a, you know, a boob so he could feed the baby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's an awesome movie. You worked with Ben Stiller before in Mystery Men. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I barely. Yeah, <laughs> I had like I had like a, a, a quick moment opposite him, uh, and I don't even know if he was there. They may have just shot. It was a. They may have just shot me without him there because it was a whole bunch of us kind of parading in front of him. So I, I barely remember doing that movie. Yeah, like, and it was a very small part. But um, I was lucky. I worked a lot when I first got here, so that was incredible. Yeah, and you're always working. When I scroll through IMDb, it seems like every year there's something going on. And you've been in a lot of a lot of people I talk to that have been in series or movies. It's a lot of times things I've never heard of, but you were in a lot of big series. 
Yeah, I mean, I pinched myself. I never dreamed uh, that, you know, as a kid in Ohio, I just thought I was going to be in like, you know, cats. I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what I was going to do. I thought I I had to do musical theater. And then I, I, I yeah, it's been incredible. I, um, I started off kind of falling in love with the Carol Burnett show. And it was just last year, I finally actually met her um, oh, wow. at a party. Not, not that I go to a lot of star-studded parties, but I was invited to the after party for a, a special she did. And I got to tell her, you know, how much I love her. <laughs> not that it was anything special. I'm sure she hears it, you know, a hundred times <laughs> a day, but the moment meant a lot to me. That's amazing. And then just the fact that go back to, I know we, I, we touched on a little bit before, but Grace and Frankie, that show, if you think yeah, of people that are on that show. That's incredible. I mean, uh, it's the nicest set. And, and, and I forgot to mention, Mar- Martin Sheen is one of the nicest people I've ever worked with. I mean, he greets everyone with a hug in the morning from oh, awesome. every crew member. He's very kind, but everybody on that set is incredibly kind. And I'm so happy that I've gotten to like hang out with Martin Sheen so much and he's told some great stories and um, I got to finally do a scene with uh, Jane Fonda and um, Lily Tomlin and they were both really nice uh, and um, that was a real highlight getting that little moment with Jane Fonda because I mean nine to five is one of my top favorite movies and oh, yeah. that was that was really exciting finally getting to interact with their characters no definitely and th- and I just saw they got renewed for seventh season today yeah, yeah. I didn't cool. do an episode last season because I was recurring on a TV show called Z Nation. And um, they asked me to do about three episodes and I was just not available. And so, and so because of that, they kind of just stopped needing me for the next season. So I don't know if I'll be asked back for the final season. But I think I did three seasons of it and that was wonderful. Yeah, now that show is so good. And just the, again, like the cast... Talking about comedy people that are like, you know, Lily Tomlin is like up there too. When you think about what she did. Oh yeah. Oh God. Yeah. She's incredible. But um, it's incredible when you get to be on a show that a lot of people love. It's really thrilling. And to get to like, even like have like, I had one episode that I got to do a lot of really great stuff where I, I fall off the stage and I break my leg and, and that's, that was really incredible because you know, it, that show means a lot to a lot of people. My, the first show I did like that was um, the TV show Ellen. Oh, yeah. She had a sitcom in the 90s. And yep. that was the first time I ever experienced, you know, people stopping me in stores. And, 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 uh, that, that, so I, that, and I was very young. I had really only lived in L.A. for about a year when I got that. And I recurred on that show for three years. And that was, that was the, maybe, you know, that was the moment I realized, wow, I like, I'm a TV actor because I, wherever I'd go, people would recognize me. And it's, and it's simply because it was just such a popular show. Oh yeah. And then it had like a huge moment on that show that, you know, when she came out Yeah, and uh, I remember that episode in rehearsal during rehearsal, I, uh, there was a bomb threat. No way. Yeah. And I remember standing out on the parking lot with Laura Dern, just looking at the stage and kind of being sort of shook that, somebody would want to, you know, do that. But I love Laura Dern. Boy, she's awesome. And she was so nice. Oh, yeah. Her dad is like such a classic actor. Wow, that's my career. <laughs> well, no, there's a lot more than that. We're going to touch all, all of it. But just one more movie I want to mention, because 
years ago when this trailer came out it was probably youtube obviously wasn't around was around for a while before that but the movie rubber yeah that movie is pretty wild well i i just love that people know about that movie because i uh was sent that script and my manager said no one wants to do this so we don't mind if you pass and i read that script and I, I was like, I'm in. Like, yes, I want to do this movie. I fell in love with it. And um, I was the first person they cast in it. And um, oh, wow. So you were the Patrick Wilson to that script? No, because my name doesn't get a movie made. But I was the first person to, to get cast. And <laughs> I, uh, the, the director um, was just really great. We became friends. And, um, you know, I, what I love is just like, so many people got it and love it. And I don't know if it's just that they like to get high and watch it or if they find it as funny as I find it, but the really, I'll never forget my first day on that set, you know, they had no money and we were shooting out in the middle of the desert and I arrived at 5 AM before the sun came up and it was freezing cold and there was a windstorm and I went down to where they were shooting and they weren't ready to start and there was nowhere to hide from this crazy freezing cold windstorm. But there was this blanket they call them, I forget what they're called, gaffers use them, crew people use these heavy blankets uh, just for different reasons on set. And I just uh, hid under it and I wasn't upset and I just thought I'm loving this adventure. Like, I don't know what, what it was, I was just ready for an adventure and you would, you know, finish your day on that set and you would just pour the sand out of your shoes and go back to like the some like, you know, really weird hotel room in the middle of nowhere. But I had a, one scene with a uh, turkey and the trainer said, you really can't train a turkey. You all you can do is just sort of, you know, um, keep it in a room, you know, <laughs> but we were getting ready to shoot and this turkey took a shit. And, um, it, I've never smelled anything like that. Like it was so terrible. And I'm looking around the room cause I'm the nearest person to it thinking like, why is nobody else noticing this? And it's cause the, it was such a, a thick smell that it traveled slowly across the room. And I, you would see each person, it hit the smell would hit each person and they would like gag. And we all had to just like leave the set. And, um, that also <laughs> happened to me on that, that milk ad. I did that got milk campaign and there was a, cow on a spaceship and it's a perfectly white spaceship room and it took a dump that like just splashed all over oh. the room we just, we, we just had to like step off the set for a half hour and they uh had to mop it up <laughs> oh my god but that's that's what happens when you work with animals yeah no with rubber it's like when you watch that movie and you're right like when you're high and you watch silly things like that but the i don't know what's like crazier that he like he like I'm, it, I know what it is, but the the tire can you know make a bunny explode, a rabbit explode, or that it peeps on a woman in a hotel room. Like it's just like it's so crazy, but it's it it works. There's something about his writing that's like almost like a dream, and it doesn't make sense, and it does at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a real artist. I have a lot of respect for him, and and the amazing thing was he wrote the lead role in his next movie for me and just offered it to me, which I mean, that never happened, but once in my life and um, it was an incredible honor. Well, that's cause you were the one that took the leap of faith and like, that's awesome. <laughs> well, 
Uh, that movie was called Wrong, and um, it didn't probably do as well as Rubber, but uh, it got good reviews, and I'm really proud of it. Oh, that's cool. Wow. So uh, this has been awesome. So one last question I have, because I've, I've never thought about sure. asking this before. So when you're in something and it's on TV, like say when you're on Ellen or one of the first shows you're on, and it's eight o'clock. Do you, do you tune in? Oh, yeah. Like I, <laughs> I, I love watching what I do. And, and I've also come to learn that I'm always going to pretty much hate it when I first see it. I'm sure. And then I'll watch it a few more times and then I like it. Uh, unless I'm really bad and then I still hate it. But I really get a kick out of seeing myself. And I'll never forget the very first time I was on national TV was um, this appearance on Ellen, the first time like on a sitcom. And um, my mom watched it in Ohio and I called her. I said, what did you think of my performance on Ellen? She goes, your sister and I discussed it and we're going to buy you a new jacket. <laughs> she, that was her response. Cause I guess she thought I was wearing my own clothes and she didn't like the jacket I wore. <laughs> anyway, but she's, she's, she's very proud of me, but yeah, yeah, that was a funny reaction. But that's pretty cool. Now I've always wanted to ask, I don't know why I never thought about asking it, but Hey, I do the same thing. So I'm guilty. I interview people and I'll listen to this and I'll be like, Oh man, that was so cool when he said that or, so I, I yeah, get this point. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of actors hate watching themselves. I love it. I think it's a blast. Yeah, especially you pour your heart and soul into it. Yeah, exactly. It's fun. And I'm loving it, and I'm grateful for it. Well, you're going to keep going. Thank you so much. I hope so, I tell you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm about to... Uh, yeah, I'm going to check yes. out Space Station 76 Thank you. Thank you. I don't, I'd love, I'd love that. I hope you like it. Yeah. I'll shoot you my, uh, uh, my take on my baby. Well, thank you so much, Doug, for having me. This was super fun. And and you really asked a lot of questions I've never been asked. And, uh, you really brought me down memory lane. Man, Jack was awesome. Again, like he said, Seinfeld worked because Seinfeld was involved in every aspect, the audition, to see what his hair looked like afterwards. I love hearing Jack just talk about, you know, having the opportunity to meet some of his, his idols, you know, work with them and, you know, Carol Burnett. And he was able to say, Oh, I love you so much. And that's so, like he said, she's heard that a bunch, but that means so much for that person that is able to have that opportunity to talk to the person that they admired and, you know, inspired them. And then Grace and Frankie, man, I really hope he's on the final season that, because when I talked with him, it was a while back now because I lost my laptop broke. A lot of the interviews went away, but I was lucky enough to find this one. So I hope you enjoyed it. And now your homework, meet the Fockers. It's free. If you have TNT or TBS, watch it on there. Dustin Hoffman crushes it as Bernie. And you're going to hear a lot of behind the scenes uh, tidbits that we found you know, during next week review. So don't forget to review, rate, share our podcast, follow us on all social media at Sequels Only, and don't forget to check out our website, SequelsOnly.com. Good night.